Hello and welcome to another short ep- shorts episode of the Cellcast. Joining me tonight is a man who uh, has got that uh, '90s attitude, Jacob. Why? Well, thank you very much. <laughs> and I will also like to introduce our co-host, who just can't let go of his inner kid. Welcome, Drew. Hey, how are you doing tonight, Jacob? Man, I'm doing good. Doing good. Had a great day. Uh, kind of a slow but quick day okay. at work. Nothing really, you know, I ran yesterday. I ran uh, 4.46 miles. Nice. Yeah. You're doing better than me. <laughs> Although I did, la- over this last weekend, walk uh, two miles. Hey, there we go. So, and I'm, I, the thing is, I'm wanting to get down... To 300 pounds. Yeah. Which sounds really horrible when you say it out loud. But I want to get down to 300 pounds before I go on the cruise I'm going on in March. So Okay. Hey, that's the goal. Yeah. I'd like to get down to 300. prefer to be a little less heavy than that. But Yeah. But wouldn't we all? Yeah. Well, kind of like how when I, uh, whenever I post, you know, how much I ran, mm-hmm. is always kill your excuses and, you know, strive towards Mark. And be like, whatever Mark that is. Just, you know... Have it set, you know, firmly set in your mind and go for it. Now, I will admit, I probably could have gone farther, but I made the choice to turn around and head back to the car when it was obvious uh, twilight was upon me. Oh. So I probably could have gone at least another mile before, or another two miles before I had, I really physically had to stop. Gotcha. I, but I was, in, I was at the, uh, you know, the Rose, Rose Redmond Trail there in Tyler? That goes from uh, the banks, goes back behind uh, Best Buy. Oh, yeah. Tra- I was walking that. Oh, okay. And let's face it, I don't want to be in Tyler at night in yeah. just a couple lights to light the way. <laughs> yeah. It's not exactly safe. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, got to carry on that pump shotgun. <laughs> and that would go over real well in Tyler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, anyway, um,. I want to explain why we're doing the shorts episode since we seem to be behind as it is anyway. As okay. Those of us, those of you keeping track in the Facebook group, since I recently posted wh- how everything was looking. Yes. Uh, what we've decided to do, or at least what I've decided to do, mm-hmm. I, I totally think, agree with it. Yeah. Uh, because I'm still trying to get used to the idea of editing these long episodes. Mm-hmm. What I thought I'd do is I'd throw in these short episodes to give me a little bit extra time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is going to go up uh, the the weekend after Memorial Day because I should have Batman: Return of the Caped Crusaders edited by that point by, by this Friday. Yeah, That's the plan. But I'm not going to ha- have a chance to do any editing next week. Yeah. So uh, this is going to go up for that, and then I'm going to try and get. Uh, the two movies after that, which, yes, I already said what they were in the Facebook group, but I <laughs> want to, pr- but for those of you listening in the future and for some reason have not looked at your upcoming episodes listed <laughs> on your podcast app, I want to provide some level of mystery. Uh, yes. <laughs> and for those of you who didn't bother to actually, who's still not in our Facebook group, join us at, on, in Facebook at the Cellcast Closed Group. That's with one L. Yes. We would love for you to join. Yes, we want to grow our community, despite the fact I think our community technically is a little bit larger than their average number of listeners. <laughs> but hey, it is what it is. It is what it is. So, uh, what we decided to do for this epi- this shorts episode is to talk about our childhood, in essence. Yes. 
the 90s. Because we both grew up in the 90s. Now, not all the movies that we're going to talk about in this, we watched in the 90s. Yes. A lot of them we did, but there's a couple that, for whatever, one reason or another, we didn't get around to until much later. Yeah. In the, uh, in the category of two of my movies, it's because they weren't available in the United States in the 90s, <laughs> but they came out in Japan. So, we are going to talk about our top 10 favorite movies of the 90s. Uh, unlike the last Shorts episode, where I did five and Jacob did five, mm-hmm. we each have a list of ten, but when comparing our notes earlier, we realized we had, what did we decide, five ep- episodes in common? Five movies in common? Yes. So, with some slight rearranging, we'll just talk about those movies when they come up on our list. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, neither one of these are necessarily... In the order of how we would rank them. Yes. <laughs> They're in the order of convenience, but some of them are, are, are still, so. Yes. And just to let our audience know, these are our personal opinions. Yes. On our top tens. There is nothing objective about this list. Either, yeah. either one of our lists. Yes. And so if you have your personal list, your personal list of top ten, top five, maybe even top fifteen mm-hmm. anime movies from the 1990s. Please. We- Leave that list in the comments section of, of, of for this episode in the Facebook group. Yes. Because I, as always, I always post the episode in the Facebook group. Please uh, leave leave your comments there. We would love to talk about them. Yeah. Or, if you want to, be like, you know, kind of leave this as a note. What is your favorite 1990s animated movie? And all, all we say is that when it first appeared in a theater or... On television, yes. depending on the movie, uh, it has to appear somewhere in the world in the nineties. Yes, not but not originally from not before the it can't, can't have shown up anywhere in the world before the eighties. Yeah, that's true. Before, before the nineties, during the you know what I mean. Yeah, if if it made its, it's had to have made its worldwide debut in the nineties. Yes, I don't like the look on your face. <laughs> Hold on. I was just thinking about that for a second. And I was like, wait, my favorite, one of my favorite movies of all time came out in 1989. Uh-huh. And... Is it on your list? No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> we can talk about this real quick. Yeah. Uh, oddly enough, oddly enough, uh, The Little Mermaid is one of my favorite films of all time. Mm-hmm. Favorite films. It debuted, I believe, in November. November of 1989. Mm-hmm. And it didn't technically debut in other parts of the world until 1990. So, would that count? <laughs> well, but, like, just, just in that, my, if it was made in 1990. I would do the cutoff there. I would check when Wikipedia says the movie came out and go by that. Yeah. That's how I went and gathered my initial list before I started narrowing it down. Yeah. Because, honestly, I can't I have no way. I'm not really good at remembering when stuff came out. So yeah, that's just. I I would check the Wikipedia, see when Wikipedia says it came out. Yeah, and if it's in the 90s, it's fair game. Yeah. So to start off our list, I would like to do an honorable mention. Okay. Now, granted, this movie is a sequel. One of the rare Disney sequels that actually went to theaters. It was the first. Of the numbered Disney movies to get a sequel. Yes. From what I could tell. Yes. And that movie would be The Rescuers Down Under from 1990. 
for uh, just to be clear, I am joining him on this honorable mention because honestly, when he when we were talking about this, I can't believe I left it off my list in the first place. Because this is one of those VHSs, and you're going to hear me say this a lot, but this is one of those bootlegged VHSs I wore out as a child. Ah. So, let's talk about it. Alright. Uh, the Rescuers Down Under, uh, when I was a kid, that was the Rescuers I knew. I did, mm-hmm. We didn't watch the original Rescuers. Oh, yeah. I movie. didn't see the original Rescuers till years later. Yeah, until a couple years later when they had they came out with the, the, uh, the combo box. Yeah. Combo set. Uh, at some point, I think... I had gotten another uh, recorded off Disney Channel bootleg yeah. VHS from my grandpa mm-hmm. at some point after that, but it was not. I know it was not on the same tape. Okay, but anyway, yes, I, I would have seen it just a couple years later. But I do remember this movie, uh, Down Under, being the better movie. Yes, far better. Opinion. Now going back and watching the original Rescuers, the Rescuers, uh, it's a good film. But when it compared to its sequel, mm-hmm. it just the sequel blows it out of the water. Well, one of the good things, and this is helpful for this movie, yeah. that the first movie did was in its casting because you get yes. Bob Newhart and Zsa Zsa Gabor. <laughs> yes, two people who, honestly, in my mind, I don't see on screen together ever. No, <laughs> and yet they make up the perfect couple. For both that first movie and this movie. Yes. Yeah. For me, originally watching it, I remember watching on VHS, the original VHS tape. And just, oh my, just mind-blowing the the way that the artist who did The Eagle, which was um, was Glenn Keane, mm-hmm. and just how he created that character and just the, the depth and scope of, like, you're actually flying on this big golden eagle. And for those who may not know or have never had the experience or the joy of watching this movie is basically is this God. this little boy and down under in Australia befriends a golden eagle. Mm-hmm. Unknowns to him, there's a poacher wanting to trap this eagle. And so played the bo- by George C. Scott. George C. Scott, exactly. And so it is up to our, our two little rescuers, our two little mice, to save the day. And so they fly to Australia, meet a kangaroo rat, who I love to death yes. as a character, and it's the adventures of trying to rescue the boy and the eagle. Mm-hmm. And it is an amazing film. If you've never watched it, please go enjoy it. Um, there again, it's Disney, so it's definitely movie family friendly. Yes. It, it was, you know, there again, it's an honorable mention because you couldn't fit it in this tight knit group of movies. <laughs> like, like I said, it was one I honestly looking at my list. I can't believe I didn't put in there. Yeah. I don't know how it slipped my mind, but uh, yeah, it's it is a great movie. Mm-hmm. It's one I know I wore out as a child. So mm-hmm. glad we got a chance to talk about it before we dived into our full list. Exactly. All right, so. What is your number 10? My number 10 is a movie that I did not get a chance to see until 2012, but it was originally released in Japan. You know, you'd think I'd write down the years on these. You think? But I didn't. Uh, I believe, though, it came out in like 1992, 1993. Okay. Somewhere in that range. A little movie called Porco Rosso. Okay. That's a movie I've not seen. Okay. This is one that will show up on the list eventually. Okay. It was one of it was a movie directed by Hayao Miyazaki. Unlike most Miyazaki movies, the 
protagonist is not a young woman, as <laughs> okay. seems to be the case with a lot of his. There yeah. is a young woman character, yeah, but he created the movie to so he could express his love of flying. Oh, okay. This is a the, as much as we both love the flying scenes from uh, Rescuers. Rescuers Down Under. Mm-hmm. This movie puts those flying shots to shame. Ah. It is some of the most beautiful flying, period, not just in animation, but period, mm. I have ever seen. And the fact that it was all done uh, in uh, cel-shaded, or, or cel-animation, hand-drawn, no computers, yeah. is some of the most beautiful animation I've seen. The story is not great. Yeah. But honestly, I was never... In this particular movie, I did not watch for the story. I kind of gave up on the story quickly because I was just looking forward to the next point where we got this beautiful flying scene. Mm. But the... uh, (laughs) What's your number 10, Jacob? My number 10 is Ghost in the Shell. Ah. Ghost in the Shell. Now, mind you, I don't remember watching this movie until the 2000s. My cousin Brian would tell me just like Jay, you have to watch this movie. This is a great movie. It's one of those movies that I got introduced introduced to anime with. Besides Akira. That Which my- we will be talking about sometime within the next year probably. 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 I mean when it when it predict accurately predicts the, who's gonna be hosting the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, just just a bit. Anyway. Just a bit. Uh Ghost in the Shell was one of those ground groundbreaking uh, animations, animes that just blew everybody out of the water, and just the the animation, the story, the the um, hold on, what was it called cyberpunk? It's cyberpunk. Yeah, groundbreaking cyberpunk movie that grabbed a hold of you and didn't let you go until the very end because there was so much of the like intrigue and mystery of like who this character was and like who is behind the assassination, who. Like, who are these people? Be like, why is the Major so kick-butt about everything? Mm -hmm. And the story is amazing. The overall incredible movie. Now, mind you, this was 1990, so I was still a very young kid. And uh, I didn't exactly go into this movie looking for... uh, not looking at the story. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm noticing a theme between the two of us on the number 10s. Yeah. Yeah, there was there was there was another. My my intention of the movie wasn't the oh the characters. It's like ooh, you get to see a character without this. <laughs> let let that you know simmer for a minute for you know. Technically, she was clothed. Yes, technically she was clothed, but at the same time, be like you're. He didn't leave much to the imagination. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. Uh, but anyways, that that was my number ten. Okay. Uh, my number nine. Movie from 1995. It is the sequel, somewhat, to a television show, and it's technically a tie-in to that same television show. Yeah, that was on Disney Channel. Hmm. And if I remember correctly, it was also on ABC during their Disney Afternoon for a time. If I remember correctly, okay. Uh, the movie is a Goofy movie. Ah, it takes place about five. Well. It takes place after Goof Troop. Okay. And it's while uh, Max is in high school. Max is trying to impress a girl. As you do. Yes, you do. In his efforts to impress this girl, he ends up landing himself 
in the principal's office on the last day of school. Mm -hmm. The principal calls his father, Goofy. And, well, we all know how old curmudgeon-y people are when they (laughs) overreact to how people are. Uh, Tells him he was dressed as a gang member and uh, incited a riot in the school. No, that's not what happened, but from the principal's point of view, that's what happened. And it scares Goofy to death thinking, okay, Max is going through some stuff. We need to spend time together. Well, the problem is... It's Goofy. That and Max has already gotten a date for the end of the week with his girlfriend that he did actually impress. Yes. And uh, so now Max... And so Goofy decides, well, the best thing for a good good father-son bonding thing would be go on a fishing trip. Mm -hmm. And because this is a cartoon movie, of course... It, the they have to go halfway across, all the way across the United States, in order to go fishing. Right, but it is to uh, the old family fishing hole in right. Destiny Falls, Idaho. I believe was mm-hmm. I believe was the name of the place. Uh, what comes from that is the road trip from Hades. <laughs> this is a movie I'm definitely wanting to put on our list. At some oh, point definitely. It was so much fun when I got a chance to rewatch it the mm-hmm. other night. Those of you not on Disney Movie Club, not that they are sponsoring us, you might want to join because you can get a Goofy movie on Blu-ray from them right now. Uh, and that's where I got it from. Okay. Um, of course, give it time, I'm sure it'll be on Disney Plus also. Oh, yeah. But um, I had so much fun watching this movie again. It is one of my favorites as a child. And if you've ever had a dad that you love, but you know he's can be a bit embarrassing, which I think... <laughs> I think lies it, to everybody. Yes. <laughs> you need to watch this movie. Yeah, it's... I mean, like the tagline says, it's hard to be cool when your dad's goofy. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think every teenager, any child of that age, any any age, be like, you you want to be, you want to be cool, you want to be like the hip kid, and then your, your parents kind of get in the way. Because they'll be yeah. like, oh, they're old. Be like, you don't want them hanging around. But at the same time, be like, it's good to have you know those those bonding moments with your mm-hmm. parents. Uh, now with the Goofy movie, I've only seen bits and pieces of the film. I never saw the whole as collective. Yeah, well, it's only about seventy minutes long, so it's a very short movie. Okay, uh, and it does a good job of showing both sides of the predicaments between how Max feels and how Goofy feels. Oh, okay. Uh, the as far as I know, and admittedly, it's been so long since I've seen Goof Troop. The only four characters from Goof Troop that make the transition are Max, Goofy, PJ, and Pete. Oh, okay. And there's also an amazing moment about halfway through that feels like we're now gonna make fun of Disney theme parks because we can get away with it. <laughs> There's a point where they go to um, Larry's uh, Lester's Possum Park, which is either making fun of Chuck E. Cheese, okay, or the Country Bears Jamboree. I prefer <laughs> to think it's the second. Oh, okay, because <laughs> you never see any food in this place, huh? And of course, everything's breaking down, <laughs> like it does. It's hilarious. I highly suggest this movie. Okay, so uh, what's your number nine? My number nine is Fergully, The Last Reinforced. This is a movie that I never finished as a child. 
Because it scared me half to death. <laughs> <laughs> the same here. The same here. Uh, there again, be like, my childhood was riddled with cartoons and Disney movies and movies like that. Mm-hmm. And I love this movie to death. It it has so much nostalgia for me. Uh, recently, I think in the last three years, I rented it on... No, I didn't rent it. I watched it on Amazon. Okay. Watched it on Amazon and just loved it to death. It was such, it was a, it's a fun and exciting film mm-hmm. that does give a ecological warning provision about be, you know, being, uh, responsible about the planet and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah. Although admittedly, I'm going to say that I, like I said, I've only ever watched Fern Gully about halfway through. Yeah. And most of my memories of what I did watch was completely destroyed by the giant black inky goo monster. <laughs> who was voiced by Tim Curry. Which and so I, that caused me to actually scream and caused my mama to have to come in and take the VHS out. I was that scared as a child. Oh, my gosh. I don't know what... You know, fears are irrational. Yeah. So, uh, I don't remember much about this movie other than... I think even then I was thinking, is this one of those ecological tree hugger propaganda yeah. things? Of course, not in those kind of words because I was, what, five? Yeah. And somewhere between five and ten when this right. movie came out. Um, but I, even at that point, I was like, this feels like I'm being preached to. A little bit, but you know, if you say there's some fun or there's a good there's a good movie in there, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, at and, some point I'm sure we'll have to watch it. Yeah, of course. And obviously, for those who have watched the film, you know that Rob Williams plays Batty, the rapping bat, the experimented upon, crazy as can be bat, <laughs> and he raps. <laughs> Which is because that's what we needed in this world. <laughs> so I believe we actually share number eight. Yes, which is Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before, Before Christmas. Christmas. I did not see this movie. I think until about two thousand seven. Yeah, because I was not allowed to watch this movie as a child. <laughs> I can see why. By, <laughs> uh, I don't think there was much favor for Tim Burton when I was growing up. Because I we just didn't watch Tim Burton movies. You get right down to it, which is odd because Tim Burton almost had nothing to do with this movie. Right. All he did was write the poem mm-hmm. the movie's based on. Yeah, he Tim Burton. As far as I understand, he helped with the script, he helped with the songs, and he helped with the character design. He didn't yes. direct the film, but he mostly what he did was write the. Uh, the poem that it's based mm-hmm. on, and the poem does tell the entire story. Yes, of the movie because it's it's not like a four or five stanza thing. It's a full on epic length poem. Yeah, that at one point even rips off. You know, it was the night before Christmas. Yes, at one point, halfway through it, because um, I've read the whole thing. It's an interesting read. You should go look it up if you haven't. You can find it on the internet. But yeah, I didn't get a chance to see this until two thousand eight. By that time. I had already played Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, both which both include uh, Nightmare Before Christmas levels, so it's not like I didn't know who these people were. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know who these people were, <laughs> in many ways. <laughs> but it is a very interesting stop-motion film. Yes. What it is. I, I love the fact that uh, the mayor is literally two-faced. Mm-hmm. He literally turns his head to when he's all the way around and uses the other face mm-hmm. or when he's upset and then turns back to the happy face when he's happy. Yeah. 
I love it. And it's, that is so, that's even subtle that that's even happening. You have to look for that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of stuff in there I'm still not sure how they did, even with stop motion. I'm sure there was a little bit of CG in there, especially during the first song for uh, Boogie's face against Oogie's face against the moon. I think it was a, a little bit. There was a little it bit was of very little, mm-hmm. very little. Uh, now, kind of like kind of like you when it comes to this movie. I didn't see it when it originally came out. I didn't see it until probably three years ago when a friend of mine, Jen, who is a huge Nightmare Before Christmas fan. Mm-hmm. You look at her post, like most of it's full with nightmare stuff. And so we were over at her and her husband's place, and we were chilling out, and I was like, I just kept thinking, I was like, I really want to watch the movie. And so I asked Jen, it's like, hey, Jen, be like, do you mind if I borrow Nightmare? And Jen's like, yeah, sure. And then everybody in the room was like, what? You're going to let Jacob borrow this movie? And it's like, yeah, I'll try to take him. He's going to be cool. Yeah, I didn't want to give you the movie back to a happy year, but dang, I really enjoyed that movie. Mm-hmm. So much fun. The The story of Jack Skellington stumbling into Christmas, Christmas, Christmas town and discovering what's this, what's this, what's this over here? And his fascination of wanting to replicate Christmas, but coming from Halloween town of making mm-hmm. everything spooky and him ultimately wanting to become Santa Claus. Right. And it backfires terribly for him. And the same time, it's just you, you kind of grow with the character. You mm-hmm. kind of grow with him that he, he goes through this growth, he goes through this growth cycle of, okay, I'm going to explore what Christmas means. And what does it mean from a Halloween perspective? Mm-hmm. Which I think it's why it's so appealing because it has this Halloween and Christmas motifs to it, and it's just a fun movie. It's a fun movie, and I would highly recommend it to anybody who has not seen it. Now, mind you, it is a Tim Burton film, so it is going to be a little scary. Yeah, in, in some in some respects, this is like a Christmas horror movie in some ways. Yes, but yeah, it's not scary. Scary. Yeah, mine is more. It's more creepy. Yeah. Creepy is probably the better term for it. Yeah. And the, uh, to use your word creepy, oogie boogie. Yes. Oh, that just. A literally bag full of bugs. Yes. Oh my gosh. Just thinking so, about that, it creeps me out. Like I said earlier, I had played the Kingdom Hearts levels before this. Mm-hmm. The movie was off my radar for so long. Right. And I'm watching and playing this game and playing through this level and thinking, is this what the movie is? Because this feels like, this does not feel like a storyline they have written for this. This feels like a story that originated from the, from a movie somewhere. Yeah. Even though I hadn't seen the movie. And I, honestly, probably playing that level is probably what got me even interested mm-hmm. in ever watching The Nightmare Before Christmas. So when I saw it playing at uh, the special 3D version that came out mm-hmm. in 2008. The 3D wasn't bad in this one. Yeah. This was back when it was... And this was back when 3D was still a novelty, not yeah. a pestilence to be... To be... Uh, to run from. Yeah. Um, <laughs> get the pit, get the pitchforks. Yes. Uh, it was enjoyable. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Ugh, just, when, you, when you say 3D and Oogie Boogie scene where all the bugs are coming out, oh, gosh, just cringe... Anyway, my number seven takes place in a small European country, in a little town in that European country that was very idyllic. It featured a butcher, a baker, a 
candlestick maker, and a mime. Because no place is perfect. Place is Acme Falls. The country is Warnerstock. Before it got invaded by Tiktokia. And for those of you who are still confused... <laughs> like some of us. I am talking about the Animaniacs movie Wacko's Wish. Oh, yeah. I never watched it that. It came out, I believe, after Animaniacs ended. Okay. It's very much the ending this kind of show kind of would... It's the only kind of ending you could give to this show. Oh, okay. And it is very much an epic pull out the stops, have everybody from all the different skits show up, including mm. bringing back Pinky and the Brain, and having this epic hour and a half movie of essentially their best stuff, but give it, but connected into this long story okay. that takes place at wintertime and is a very thinly veiled <laughs> uh, uh, allegory of what happens when one company buys another company. <laughs> Okay. In many ways. Uh, if you didn't catch what I meant earlier, the country was Warner Stock, and the other country was Tiktokia. Do you Warner, know what company I'm talking Warner about? Warner Brothers, Tiktokia. Time, Warner, uh, Time Warner. Time Warner. Time, went, uh, Time bought uh, Warner Brothers. Brothers, yes. And if this had been a couple years later, A, it wouldn't be on our list. But yeah. they would also had to somehow make AOL work with that. <laughs> yeah, that didn't last long. Thankfully. <laughs> However... Um, in fact, AOL would have been more appropriate, <laughs> considering the story. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a very fun movie. I, I want to bring this one up when we get to uh, winter. Maybe around Christmas, but I'd be happy if we do it in January or February. Okay. It is a fun little movie. I got about... I was actually watched it uh, a couple minutes ago. I was watching... I got par- partly through it before we decided to go ahead and record. Mm-hmm. And I was just giggling throughout everything I was seeing. The great part is is it's a musical. Oh, okay. That's what I heard about that one. Yeah, it is fun. It is one I am looking forward to us actually <laughs> uh, reviewing, because it is just a fun little movie. Okay. So, my number seven is The Prince of Egypt. One of the very... Also a movie that takes place in a war-torn <laughs> Yes! <laughs> yes! This is one of those movies that I did not see when I was a kid. <laughs> I saw it a couple of years ago. And printed it on Netflix, or watched it on Netflix, rather. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was blown away by the visuals. Like, this is one of the very early... Uh, this was one of the very early DreamWorks. Mm-hmm. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, being someone of faith, being a Christian, uh, watching this was like, wow, this is impressive. This is a very, very impressive movie. And I, I was very stunned at the, the level of, you know, detail they went into it rather than just, just like, Oh, we're going to skim over everything and blow everything out. No, they actually stuck to the, you know, the story of Moses and the story of the Exodus. Okay. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. Now, the only downside I have of this film, and whenever we get down to review it, we'll get down to it a little more. Uh, Val Kilmer voices Moses. And apparently, Val Which is Kim- a very interesting choice. Yes, and apparently, Val Kimmer likes the has done Moses qu- quite a few times, and apparently, in plays or what have you. But also, he has one other voice role: the voice of God. Yeah, no. Yeah, I don't accept that one. Yeah, I was when I, I watched it, and I was like, the uh, implications. I'm, yes, of what they're trying to say. Yes, obvious. Yeah. Be like it didn't dawn on me till like a couple of minutes after I saw that, and I was like, "Whoa, wait a minute, time out." 
It's like let's let's put those put those implications aside because yeah. And even if we give them the benefit of the doubt that that did not occur to them, how that might be taken, mm-hmm. which is admittedly a bit of a stretch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Val Kilmer is not who I would expect to be the voice of God. Yeah, it was it was a little bit odd. Let's just say that it was a little odd. After after re- have that realization that he's the voice of God is like okay I'm not liking this so much but I enjoy the movie all right so uh, what is your number my six number six is the last anime that is on my list ah uh, I did not get to see it until 2014 mm-hmm. I had heard it described as Miyazaki's attempt at a Disney princess movie ah. Uh. I disagree with this description because this is not a Disney princess movie. No. <laughs> In any way, shape, or form. But um, the movie is a Princess Mononoke. Ah. Now, saying it that way makes it sound like her name is Mononoke. Which is, isn't. It's not. Uh, the actual Japanese name is uh, Mononoke Hime, mm-hmm. which translates... To uh, Beast Princess or Spirit Princess. Ah. Which is more descriptive of what she is, actually. Yeah. Um, it is... Around, even though I keep bringing her up, she's actually also not the prote- the main protagonist. No, she's not. Of this. It's uh, a boy who was protecting his village, got infected by this... Evil, evil spirit. spirit yes. Something. It was going to kill him eventually. Yeah. And so he goes out as... He is exiled from his village so yeah. that it doesn't spread, mm-hmm. and he has to. And he decides to go and try and find, go to where uh, the beast that affected him, where he came from, to determine the source and st- to stop it. And comes across this city full of lepers, yeah, so people suffering from leprosy, yeah. Who this woman has brought in and is trying to, and is, uh, give, gave them jobs because she is trying to, uh, build a better life, essentially. Yeah. Iron Town. Iron Town, yes. And attacking Iron Town regularly is, are these giant wolves. One of them being the spirit of the wolf. Mm-hmm. Essentially a, a wolf god when you get yeah. down to it. And riding alongside them is, uh, I cannot remember the character's actual name. I feel so horrible. A, a young human girl who was adopted by the wolf spirit. Yes. Who is the the the, mo- uh, the princess described in the title? Yes. As things go on, a relation, a, a loving relationship buds, but they are from two different worlds. worlds. She's of the the, the forest. Mm-hmm. He's of this other town. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, he's going to be dying in a couple years. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, it's a it's an amazing movie. I, it's one of those that I mean, it does have a small environmental message. Okay, in that um, we are all on the same earth. We all both we all need to be working together to protect it and take care of it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with building stuff and using the resources, but to use it responsibly. Yes. You kind of get that feeling going through mm-hmm. it. Plus, it doesn't help that they... It's one of the few uh, movies that feature samurais and ninjas and guns. 
Yeah, that's true. <laughs> this is that the, is around true. the time that guns were introduced to essentially Japan. I don't think they actually say it's Japan, but uh, they might. I don't remember. But it's a, just an amazing movie. Interesting point. The English dub mm-hmm. was written by Neil Gaiman. Yeah, I remember that. Which throws you off when you see that. A little bit. We see that in the credits. like Because it doesn't say it's the English dub. It says written by Neil Gaiman. You're going, the Japanese took a Neil Gaiman script? That can't be right. (laughs) (laughs) But no, he wrote the English dub. So, uh, And really, I think that actually helps it when you compare it to some of the other dubs that uh, Disney did during that era. Yeah. For these movies, it actually gives it... It actually feels like it's, you know, written, not badly translated. Yeah. Which, unfortunately, that's how I, I feel it spirited away, is a little bit badly translated. Even though it's the one that won the Academy Awards. But, anyway. Uh, yeah, Spirit... Spirit away. Uh, Princess Mononoke, I had never seen before. Mm-hmm. Had never seen until you gave me a copy of it, in which I'm, I'm very grateful for that. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It kind of gave me that vibe of Ferngully, The Last Rainforest. Kind of gave me that vibe. But it was a good, solid movie of almost people being at their worst. Mm-hmm. Maybe like showing humanity at its worst. That people are going to try to, you know, undercut, scheme, manipulate everything just in order to get what they want. Yeah. And uh, that ultimately, like, who is the villain? Is, is, is the... Uh, it's hard to pin down who the villain is, except yeah. for that one guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's not even a villain villain. He's yeah. just... He's he's everybody's toady. You get right down to it. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I still want to know how he stands on those, uh, those uh, sandals that he has that have the five-inch tall block <laughs> in the center of it. Yeah. It's like, how are you standing? Lots of balance. (laughs) Very good balance. I bet running in this thing is pain in the neck. (laughs) And can cause the pain in the neck, too, if you catch my meaning. (laughs) Anyway, uh, what's your number six? All right. So, speaking of another company wanting to do a Disney princess movie, Anastasia. This is still farther down the list than I expected it to be for you. Yes. So, as our listeners know, that episode six was Anastasia. So if you want to go back and catch our full review of that, please go back to episode 6 and listen to that. Spoiler alert, I am apparently have an unpopular opinion. (laughs) From what I have been told since this episode has come out. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, uh, my friend and his wife uh, apparently love this movie. Oh, okay. Because they loved it when they were kids. It's like... Okay, I can be. Th- I don't mind being the uh, uh, one with the unpopular opinion. It wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but so anyway. yeah, Anastasia was a great movie. Kind of like in the review, I had saw it on TV and I rented it from Blockbuster and on a field trip bought it on VHS and got the weird look of why are you. Buying a princess movie that's not a Disney. By a bunch of the guys, and they kind of blew me off out of that. Uh, I think the guys would have wondered, why are you buying a princess movie, period. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Uh, I mean, you didn't even have a sister you could use as an excuse. No, I couldn't. <laughs> what can I say? I've, I've, always been a, I've always been an animation nerd. I, I can't help it. As if I have room to talk. No. <laughs> but... Yeah, I've always thoroughly enjoyed Anastasia. Now, in light of your 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 critiques and your reviews, be like, I do get 
your point of view. I do. Yes. I completely understand it. But I'll also admit I was probably being over, overly critical just because I just didn't like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But I've always liked Anastasia. Uh, I like the villains. The villains and the the character story, their their development. Of course you um, do. It's Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, of course. Hey, Doc. <laughs> and it's it's a good movie. It's a good movie to me, and I I'll, I always enjoy it. Uh, now, Grant, it's not my top five. Mm-hmm. That's what surprises me, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, you're telling me to do number five? Boy, am I slow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my number five. Admittedly, my number five is the only Dom Bluth movie I have on the list, which I don't know if that's just bad taste on my part, Mm. or maybe because most of the stuff of his I liked, I think, technically came out in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, I I will admit, when I made my initial list that I had to whittle it down from, I actually had three or four other Dom Bluth movies on the list. Oh, okay. But... At the end of the day, I have to go with the VHS that I wore out. Yeah. Which was the sequel to An American Tale. Yes. Fievel Goes West. West. Yes. The one where that is a Western. Yes, and it's so much fun. And includes an interesting line. <laughs> Anyone can be a god, but it takes a great man to be a dog. <laughs> yes, I love that. And oddly enough... This was one of Jimmy Stewart's last roles. Yes. That's right, because he played uh, the dog. Yeah, he played, played the sheriff. Yes, he played the sheriff. Who, yeah. It was, it's a f- fun movie. I, yes. I enjoyed it as a kid. It's been a while since I've seen it, but mm-hmm. I knew I could not, I knew this had to be a top five movie because I wore this VHS, bootleg VHS, flat <laughs> out. <laughs> And I enjoyed it much more than I did uh, An American Tale. Yeah. Uh, and I never saw any of the sequels because I kind of got the feeling it was bland before timing it. Uh, <laughs> but and I enjoyed it. It's a fun movie. I kind of want to get a hold of it and us uh, review it at some point. Yeah. But I just haven't done it yet. Yeah. Yeah, kind of ironic that you you talk about a Don Bluth film... And then, just before that, I talk about Don Bluth film. Yeah. So, Don Bluth has definitely been a very huge impact, a very big influence uh, for uh, young adults like us who grew up in the 90s, uh, and definitely in the 80s. Definitely in the 80s. Uh, yeah, American Tale, Papa Goes West, was an incredible film that I loved. Again, there's the nostalgia feels for it, like all these films are. Mm-hmm. That That... Now, mind you, saying that the original American Tale wasn't any good. It was an amazing film. I'm not saying it was, it was bad. It's just I prefer this one. Oh, yeah. Same here. Same here. Kind of like... Uh, I think this is the better movie. <laughs> oh, I agree. I agree. It's it's probably the better film. Uh, it's kind of like uh, comparing rescue, the Rescuers and the Rescuers Down Under. Mm-hmm. If you saw the Rescuers Down Under first... You're going to think it's the better movie. Yeah, it's going to think and it's the better film. And that's kind of what hit here is I saw Five Will Goes West first... And then I found out that it was a sequel. It's like, oh, well, I gotta watch the other movie. Mm-hmm. And the, you go, you put the first movie on, and it starts off in Russia. It's like, <laughs> and it's about being an immigrant. It's like, uh, what? Yeah, it's a, a little. I'm a child. I don't understand this. this. Yeah, and- I don't understand what's going on here. This is probably the better. This is much more of the 
thought-provoking story. Mm-hmm. But instead, I like the one where Fievel gets lost in the desert and has to save a town from a marauding cat. <laughs> With and his friend, a cat. His cat, That he's yes. got to make turn into a dog. <laughs> oh, that was just a fun movie. Such a fun movie. I think the villain of the movie was a cat. It has been a yeah, long time. Yeah, I agree with but you. But it would make sense, because he's a mouse. <laughs> well, specifically, a Mouskowitz. Yeah, he's a Mouskowitz, that's true. Anyway, what's your number five? So we go talking from Mises and cats to Bat. And in this case, Batman, the Mask of the Phantasm. Ah, very good choice. Obviously, this movie is a... Is a movie adaptation, or not, not an adaptation, but a, uh, a, fo- a follow up, a follow up movie, a the- theatrical film mm-hmm. of Batman the Animated Series, yes. which everybody from the 90s knows and loves. Mm-hmm. Unless you didn't, then there's something weird and wrong about you. Uh, well, see, here's the weird thing. I know I watched it and I know I enjoyed it. I don't remember anything about the movie <laughs> other than Joker's in it. That's about all I remember. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I remember watching it as a very young child, and I've probably seen bits and pieces of it growing, you know, off and on through the decades. And I still remember just how creepy it is, because it's more of a backstory to Batman of how he, he, Bat, or Batman Bruce Wayne falls in love with this woman, and this is the years in between him becoming Batman. So he falls in love, and he believes in his hard heart this is what he needs to do. And mm-hmm. so he goes to his parents' grave to be like, I I, I can't do this. I can't uh, I can't reve- I can't revenge your deaths. Be like, I'm sorry, I've fallen in love with this woman. I can't do it. And it's the progression of him becoming Batman and years later of this phantasm, this phantom, is going around killing all of these mobsters. And obviously the Joker's involved. Because, of course he is. Yeah, Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill's involved. Hey, let's pay him the money. This will make people show up. Yeah, exactly. Even though nobody knew it was Mark Hamill at the time. Yeah, it's true. And plus, this movie didn't do hardly anything in theaters, so it's just really, really sad. Unfortunately, yeah. But altogether, it's it's an amazing film. It's a lot of fun. It's got a lot of suspense to it. And apparently, during production, because originally it was going to be a direct to... It was going to be a TV movie, mm-hmm. but in the last minute, they turned around and to be like, "Oh, this is going to be a movie. This is going to be a theatrical release. So you have to, you have to make, you got to, you got to make it into widescreen. You got to make it format it to uh, theater. So they actually yeah. had to go in and paint more, <laughs> yeah. paint more of it. So it took a lot longer to do this. And it was a fun movie, and I can't wait to get around to actually reviewing the viewing this movie for the podcast mm-hmm. and finally getting my hands on a copy. Yeah. I think I saw it on Blu-ray when I was looking for some stuff on Amazon that I ultimately didn't buy. Oh, okay. I think. Don't quote me on this. Okay. So, what is My your... number four. Yes. And interestingly enough, folks, as we did compare our lists beforehand... Yes. As I said before, <laughs> uh, and, part of the re- and part of the reason I'm going first on these lists instead of him is <laughs> because of number four. Yes. Um, the year is 1995. Mm-hmm. Up until this point, animation has been primarily cell animation. Yes. There have been instances of some computer animation here and there, uh-huh. but for the most part, no one's gone whole hog on it. Until a little company 
who had done some work for Disney making their uh, their CAPS program that they used for a lot of their mm-hmm. uh, 2D anim- uh, cartoon uh, movies in the ni- in the early 90s. Yes. Decided, why don't we make a movie? Yeah. And because and we'll do it all computer generated. And because our the limitations of our technology still kind of makes everything look like plastic. Mhm. Why don't we have our main characters actually be made out of plastic? And for toys. those... Yeah, why not? Why, why not toys? My number four... We're on number four, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my number four is Toy Story. Yes. <laughs> Toy Story, Toy Story. Yes. It's amazing. And I fun. was sold on this when I saw that Tim Allen, a.k.a. Tim the Tool Man Taylor <laughs> from Home Improvement. Yes, which was a show I loved as a child. Yes, same here. I, when I saw that he was going to be in a in a in this movie, yeah, voicing uh, Buzz Lightyear. Yes, I was like, oh yeah, sure. I wonder this is. And wait a minute, this looks. I this animation style. My friend told me about this show called Reboot that was animated <laughs> on computers. This looks like they've fixed it. <laughs> <laughs> for lack of a better term. Right. This looks amazing. I want to see this. Toy Story was an amazing movie. I'd never I seen agree. something like this before. Yeah. Video games weren't even to this point yet where we had full 3D. And the only 3D video game we had at this point was Star Fox, the original. Yeah. Which, if you've seen Star Fox on the Super Nintendo, you know it looks nothing like this. <laughs> Barrel roll! Yes. No, this is before that. Toy Story is just an it, a it's a masterpiece. Yes, from begin it's it was a movie that was being made that went against pretty much every expectation up until this point. Nearly every animated movie was a musical. Yeah, thank you Disney. <laughs> every movie was pretty much happy go lucky. There was a there, your creepy scare the pants off the little children. Pink elephants spot in some movies, but for the most part, uh, was, I think you're forgetting the '80s. I was, but I went to the first thing that went came to mind, which was Pink Elephants on Parade. <laughs> you can't tell me that was a creepy segment. Yes, that was. That was very creepy. It's not as creepy as some some things I've seen. However, moving on, it was a movie I watched and I kind of enjoyed. I admittedly. When I wanted to see it, I was very interested in computers, and so the first computer animated thing is like, of course I want to see it. It's computers. I love computers. Mm-hmm. And but I I loved it as a child. I I'm not sure I love it as much now as I did when I was a kid. Yeah. But it is the first of one of my first movie of, of one of my favorite franchises. Yeah. And it was what started off one of my favorite animation companies. So I can't leave it off the list. And it was such a good movie in the first place. The second uh, movie Pixar came out with, not so much. But that's just my opinion. <laughs> right. Um, I'm not a fan of A Bug's Life. Uh, anyway, uh, that being said, after A Bug's Life came... Toy Story 2. Yes. That would be my number four. Yes. I remember watching this. If I remember correctly, I remember watching this in theaters Mm -hmm. and just blowing my little mind away. It's okay. You had Toy Story, which was amazing. Yes. The sequel. I hate to say it, but almost blows it out of the water. This is where we will have a slight disagreement. Yes. Just a slight one. Just slight. Just slight. Uh, And the reason for the slight, just to get it out of the way, I didn't see Toy Story 2 until much, much later, so I did not... 
get, I just didn't get into it until much later. Okay, so, I, I understand. By that point, I had seen so many other good stuff that this was like, this felt like an also ran to some degree to me, but that's just opinion. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Toy Story 2 was, you know, there again, I watched it in the theater, so you're just blown away by it. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the, the character depth, the, uh, there again, Woody gets kidnapped or gets lost again. And just the, you get, you get more Buzz Lightyear, you get more Buzz Lightyear's story, you get more, uh, the toy store, the toy store. In which they get themselves locked into. Yes. And which is this whole grand adventure and having to get back to Andy, like in the first one, that I think the story even itself is a little more ratcheted up. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to feel like a really bad anima- animation reviewer. I have not seen Toy Story 3 yet. Shame! <laughs> Shame! <laughs> you will get to it when we, when one of us gets the, uh, finally puts Toy Story on the list and we can start doing those three in order. Yes. <laughs> and we have to do that sometime before Toy Story, well, sometime around Toy Story. We need to watch these before Toy Story 4. At yes. Least, at least for, so we can talk, so, uh, you need to see three before you go see four, and I wouldn't oh, mind going obviously. through all the movies again. Obviously. At some point. We at can, some point, yes. Maybe not for a review, but it would be kind of cool to just watch all three of them in a row. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I want to see you cry. (laughs) Oh, that's not hard. That is not hard at all. In other words, uh, we may have a flood. Yeah. (laughs) And anyone who's seen Toy Story 3 knows which two scenes I'm talking about. Yes. Now, I do want to tell of one little interesting story. Or one other thing I got to do with these two, both of these movies. Okay. One and two. Okay. Once again, back when 3D was it was not a parasite to be to 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 want to run away from. Right. They did a two a a back to back showing of Toy Story one and Toy Story two in 3D. Oh. And they re-rendered all the scenes because they had to actually they did a full remaster of Toy Story one. Yeah. Toy Story 2 didn't have the problem. But, uh, and they actually had to rebuild, I think, part of Toy Story 1 in order to actually get the re-render. So it was actually good, real, good, it was actually good 3D. Oh, okay. It was not the post-crap. Yeah. This was, okay, we're going to re-render it and we actually have both eyes rendered correctly. And, like, it's supposed to be. And I enjoy, I got, I got, that was a back-to-back, I had it, like, all day. Yeah, it was, I was at the movie theater all day, and they gave you like a twenty-minute intermission between the movies. It was a fun trip. I, I, that's a that was one of the best movie experiences I think I've had. Even if I'm not as big a fan of the second movie, in fact, I might actually blame that two part on why I didn't think the second movie was as good because that was the first time I'd watched. I'd been in a movie theater for four hours. Oh wow! <laughs> so perhaps by the end of the movie, I was just ready to go home. I got gotcha. you. Um, because I haven't seen Toy Story 2 as often as I've seen Toy Story 1. Okay. Toy Story is an amazing franchise. Oh, I agree. I still need to go back and watch all the shorts that they released. And there are a ton of three, them. After uh, 3 came out. Yeah. I've because seen one of them. It was good. They are apparently all canon material. Yeah. And I agree. Be like, I've seen, I think it was like, uh, I've seen one of them and it was, just, it was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I saw it on TV and I was like, why isn't this, why isn't this not in the theater fully, you know, full, you know, full well, feature? Because they hadn't had the guts to pull Olaf's magical adventure yet. Ugh. We'll have to get around to watching that at some point. Yeah, unfortunately. Yes. All right. So. So, we, our number three is another one that we share. Yes. Uh, or, in, in this case, 
circled around each other. You know, I had heard a long time ago that the urge to sing The Lion Sleeps Tonight is just a wee mo 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 And a Pumba. Pumba. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't caught on to what we're talking about. The Lion King. Yes. Which... Uh, just to get this out of the way, yes, technically there is a small chance The Lion King is a plagiarization of Kimba the White Lion, an anime from the early 60s that, no, that few people have ever seen, but that's beside the point. Yeah. In which the director... I said, didn't know that at the time, so I don't Yeah, think. I didn't know it at the time either. Uh, what I understood, it was more of a, they took Hamlet, and that's how it they... It is more Hamlet than uh, Kimba the White Lion. Yes. Just because Kimba is technically going to be king, his name rhymes with Simba. That's really the only things they have in common. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because, I mean, Simba's not chased by human hunters. He's chased by... Hyenas. Hyenas. But they're not humans. No. Even though they are played by Whoopi Goldberg, Cheech Moran, and, uh... I think Frank Welker. <laughs> yeah, it is Frank Welker. It is Frank Welker. Again, go figures. That's the third one. <laughs> um, I don't want to get too big into what I don't like, what, what little things I don't like about it, because yeah. it's not what this list is about. But it is, for the most part, a great movie. I kind of wish there was more story. Yeah, I agree. It is I... a bit of a song-to-song-to-song to song to thing, and there is a story there, but it's not... Anyway. Yeah. I'm uh, looking forward to the live-action movie. Yeah. Ish, some... Live-action-ish Ish. movie. Yeah. With, with that movie considered... There's no humans in it. Yeah. And I it's... know they filmed it Technically, yeah, and there were real cats involved, but there's still a lot of CG mouth movements. That is true. Uh, now, granted, then we do get uh, James Earl Jones returning as Mufasa. Yes, I agree. That's amazing. Very similar to Toy Story two, I actually watched Lion King in theaters, mm-hmm. and I did not get to watch uh, Lion King until someone had brought it to school. Oh, really? Yeah, it was. I watched it at school when it came out, so that would have been fourth grade? No, okay. I don't remember what the excuse they used <laughs> to show it. I mean, at least Pocahontas had an excuse. Yeah, Lion King's is more like... Lion it's just like, I guarantee you, it was because we were studying animals. <laughs> probably. Probably. <laughs> the fact has nothing to do... that. That's like, side, to, to the side. That's that's nothing to do with it. Yes. Um, and I fell in love with that, and then I was able to convince the family to rent it, and then I had the sound. It was that was another one of my first CDs. In fact, that's another thing I didn't mention back during Goofy movie is yeah. that was that and the Lion King were the f- the third and fourth CD. That soundtrack was the third and fourth CD I ever owned. Really? Yes. Huh? Kind of along those same the same day. <laughs> wow. Kind of following the that same kind of line of one I watched in the theaters blew my mind and I cried when spoiler alert. Oh. Mufasa died. Shocker. If you haven't yes. seen the movie yet. If you haven't, what are you doing? You haven't seen The Lion King? What's wrong with you? What kind of hyena are you? You've been hanging out with Cheech, haven't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just a little bit. Smoke. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> that joke was going to about to not be good for the podcast. <laughs> but, uh, oddly enough, my dad growing, be like, when we were growing up, be like, didn't really like animation at all. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, the kids like these movies. The one movie he loved and bought it on DVD was The Lion King. Because hmm. he loved that movie and still loves it to this day. 
So I thought that was very interesting. My dad, who is like now 69 years old, and just a good old country boy, mm-hmm. and just loves this movie to death. Hmm. So I thought I'd bring that up. Our number twos. My number two. I want to note that before we decided to do a little bit of rearranging in order so that our overlaps we talked about at the same yes. time, my number two was actually my number one. Okay. It is by... It was it was uh, directed by the same man who directed both uh, The Incredibles and The Incredibles 2 and Ratatouille. But it was before he went to work at Pixar. It is a 2D slash 3D yes. movie because the Iron Giant himself is 3D. <laughs> yes. But he is colored in 2D, uh, if that makes sense. The Iron Giant is just one of those beautiful, breathtaking movies that, honestly, I can't tell you about it because anything i tell you about it is a disservice to the movie itself it's one of those movies that deserves to be experienced without actually knowing what's going to happen oh okay because one of the best moments in the movie is the biggest spoiler okay that's how little i can actually talk about the iron giant i gotcha but it is one a movie i highly highly suggest you go watch, and it is one that I guarantee, once I get a copy of the movie, <laughs> heaven only knows why I don't have a copy of the movie. Right. You know how that goes. Yes. Uh, it is one we are definitely going to review at yes. some point. Yeah, this is one of those movies that I have not watched yet, and very, very looking forward to viewing it. Definitely if I, not before we wind up reviewing it. Yes. Reviewing it. Uh, I think I saw that there was one, uh, it was on Netflix. Oh, okay. I think. That's right. I did see it. It was on Netflix. So hopefully it's still there. Well, it's not going to go away in November. So that's good. Good. Like most of the rest of Brad Bird's content is going to have to. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah. With a certain Disney plus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not that I wasn't already sold on that the minute I heard it. Yeah. Any Disney fan, Star Wars fan, Simpsons fan. fan. Any kind of fan is be like that, that, this is we hey, we're not talking news here, but uh, this did come up, and this is the only time I think we've ever thought to talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. Every season of The Simpsons is going to be on Disney Plus. Ooh, it's the first time they've ever done that. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. The DVD sets were apparently hard enough to get released. Huh. So, oh, okay, that's a big deal to that, a lot. That of is some a, people. that is a big deal. Yeah. Even though I've never been a fan of the show, but we're proud of them. I got into Futurama, which is the semi-sequel yeah. of The Simpsons. Yeah. Despite the fact everyone's got the right color skins. <laughs> <laughs> right. But uh, I figure if I can if I can deal with that comedy, surely I can deal with The Simpsons. Yeah. So anyway, back to, back to your number two. All right. So my number two, kind of going along that same gravy train of Disney... Uh, would be a certain film that's getting a live at live action adaptation the same time as my my number three did. That would be Aladdin, another movie starring Robin Williams. Williams. <laughs> yes, I see a theme here. <laughs> uh, this movie uh, did come out when I was young. Mm-hmm. Or, of course, it did. Stupid thing to say. <laughs> this movie came out long before I had a CD, but I actually did have the soundtrack to this movie, too, on cassette. Really? At some point. Because this was about the time I was really getting into music, apparently. Oh, okay. <laughs> or getting along where I 
well, I have a very musical family. Yeah, I, I can tell. Uh, and I got in, I started enjoying singing very early on, and so there's not much kid friendly that's not stupid at that age. That's not Disney. Yeah. So um, I had a lot of Disney stuff, but uh, I have I have to admit this. There's a section of this movie I've never seen. Really? Yes. Because uh, every time I've ever watched this movie, mm-hmm. the opening song has been cut out. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I, it gets right up to um, The Salesman. Yeah. That's actually Genie in Disguise. Yeah. Not that they ever show that, but that yeah. has been confirmed. Yeah, it's. I think, they'll, they'll probably officially do that in this in, in the live action movie. Uh, well, officially they did uh, confirm they, it. They, in it's the, been confirmed in the third movie. They did. Yeah. Okay. I didn't watch the third movie. Uh, okay, I did. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's. I, I've not. I actually don't. I've never seen the opening credits. Oh, okay. That's not too bad to miss. No, it's not. At the same time, there is technically a whole song I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh yes, Aladdin. Just amazing. I mean, like, yeah, it's it's one of the one of the boy films of you know the Disney nineties. And ironically, the only boy film that's also a Disney princess film. That is true. That is true. We we do get very you know. Oh my gosh! I, I think I was head over heels for Jasmine. Who wasn't? Let's be honest. <laughs> That's true. We were, what, seven? Yeah, seven. Seven, eight years seven, old. Seven, eight years old. That's about the time girls go from being icky to nice. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. I'd be like, oh, honestly, I did have a crush on Ariel. Let's just say that. Well, anyway. Anyways. <laughs> if you like fish ladies, that's all you. <laughs> and some people don't like cat ladies. <laughs> but Aladdin was, it's one of those classic 90s films that just how do you describe Aladdin? How do you describe that film? It's it's one. It's Robin Williams as the genie who mm-hmm. is just off the wall, goofy, crazy, nutty, and you get Aladdin story of the street rat who has nothing by chance. By chance is be like, oh, you're the what is it? Prince Ali, mighty is he, Ali Ababa. <laughs> Uh no, be like he's he's the diamond in the rough. Yes, diamond in the rough. Sorry, he's the diamond in the rough, which Jafar needs to find the lamp, and he finds the lamp, and the genie pops out and be like, "Oh, I'll grant you three wishes." And just the whole story of how Aladdin goes from be like, "Oh, I'm going to be very selfish," to what do I ultimately need to do? Do I free genie or do I continually do I? Do I fulfill my own desires? Do I fulfill my own fantasies? Or do I let Genie, who is in desperate need of freedom? Yes. And then you get Jafar. Jafar, who is just one of the best Disney villains. Mm-hmm. One of the best Disney villains. Tim and Maleficent. If you get right down to it. Yeah, or in my case, would probably be Mother Gothel. Well, you're a tangled nut, but anyway. Yeah, that's true. I'm just saying, you want to... Admittedly, I'm going with Maleficent because of Kingdom Hearts, but <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, not because of Angelina Jolie. <laughs> I have still yet to see that movie. That's a weird one. It is. And apparently, they are making a sequel. sequel. It is getting a sequel. Like, as many people as I heard diss this movie, <laughs> you made a sequel. They this movie was reviewed worse than Green Lantern was. Oh wow! And Green Lantern didn't get a sequel. <laughs> you get a sequel. 
man, there must be somebody who really likes this property. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> but or maybe the public is loud and I need to give it a shot. Yeah. Either minority, way. You have a very loud minority. Who knows? Yeah. Either way, Aladdin is just one of those movies that it's... If you're an animation fan and you have not watched Aladdin, what are you doing? Listen to us. Yeah. Go find it. You can find it. Where would you find it? Well, I have it on Blu-ray. Yeah. I have it on Blu-ray. I have it on DVD. So, right now, I think it's technically not available to the public. Yeah. It's behind the vault. (laughs) But all the vaults will be destroyed come November. (laughs) Yes. As long as you're willing to pay a couple of dollars. Yeah. So, so if you have not seen Aladdin, you know there's no hope to be like there's. I would be surprised if around the time right right before uh, the movie, the live action movie hits theaters, yeah. if they don't do a re-release. Uh, possibly. Because it was it, it it was not it didn't go into the vault recently. Yeah. But it's uh, it's been a couple of years. It's been a couple of years. Yeah. It's probably about time for that to cycle anyway. Yeah. And and if you don't, be like, when Disney Plus comes out, it most likely it will be on there. Yeah. Hopefully. If they're not, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, yeah, you'll definitely be able to watch it. And probably it's sequels and it's TV show. Probably. Yeah. There's a couple TV shows I'm really looking forward to being on Disney Plus. woo That too. <laughs> so, our number one mm-hmm. is literally the same movie... Because it was it was actually your number one. Yeah. And I went ahead and acquiesced and allowed you to keep the number one slot. Okay, well, thank you. But it is a tale as old as time. Yes. A song as old, old as, as rhyme. rhyme. Beauty and, and the, the Beast. Beast. The classic, which will probably never... Be like, it'll probably get topped at some point. But like, mm-hmm. obviously, be like Frozen beat it when it comes to numbers. But I don't think yeah. it ever truly, truly beat it as... Like one of Disney's, it's probably diamonds in the rough. It's probably the best of the two D Disney princess movies. Oh, I agree. I think we can safely say that. Yes. Um, I personally liked this movie, despite the fact I shouldn't have as a child because yeah. I'm a guy. <laughs> Same here. Uh, one of the things I actively love about the movie, though, is one particular song. What might be? I'm not going to say it's the best Disney villain song. Oh, but yeah. It's certainly up there. Because no one something, I guess, on. No one something, I guess, on. I admittedly don't have this song memorized like I do. Uh, <laughs> Be prepared. But uh, Gaston is one of those guys that's like, it's one of, it's, he's that villain that you're just looking at and going, I should hate you with every fiber of my being. <laughs> yes. And as a villain, you're a great villain. However, you have the best, you have one of the, my favorite songs because it's just fun to sing. <laughs> it's a beer drinking song when you get right down to yes, it. Yes, it is. In a Disney princess movie. Yes. Yeah, Guess On is. It even takes place in a bar. Yeah, that's true. Or a pub or whatever. A, a bar, tavern. Pub, tavern. Alcohol is served there. Let's move on. <laughs> and apparently it's all in France too, so. Yeah. I didn't Country know this side as of a France. Child. Yeah, I didn't know either. Uh, yeah. Oh, Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Just an amazing film that has just the the character of Belle and the character of Beast who are two mm-hmm. total opposites beyond belief. 
and where people will and when we get into actually reviewing this film i'll go into more depth of this of course uh the idea that bell has stockholm syndrome has stockholm syndrome which is completely utterly false if you know anything about stockholm syndrome um just the fact that bell spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the film there again if you haven't seen the film what are you doing yes uh and no, we're not talking about the live action. We're talking about the animated film. Of course. Although, if you've seen the live action, you'll get the gist. Yeah, you get the gist. Uh, Which I'm going to talk... Well, I'm going to bring that up here in just a couple minutes. Okay, yeah. Go ahead. But it's just the story of two people who are polar opposites beyond belief, and they learn to coexist, and they eventually fall in love with each other. Mm-hmm. And then you have your villain, who starts off as the goofy idiot, who then turns into the villain. Yes. And he... Dies by falling to his death, like all good villains should. should. Yes. I have a question. Since on a couple other of these movies that we talked about that are getting live-action adaptations, yes. what did you think of the live-action adaptation of Beauty and the Beast? I thoroughly enjoyed it. I did as well. I loved how... I love the designs of the furniture, uh, uh, the furniture people. Mm-hmm. I love how they made that work where it's like, Okay, yeah, it's obviously a piece of furniture, but it still is talking and walking, and it makes perfect sense. It's not the original character designs, but it's a very good approximation of it. Right. Oh, what I I loved about the live-action film was that it fleshed out the story. Yes. It gave more depth. Because I, too, always wondered what happened to Belle's dresser. (laughs) She turned back into human. That's the anime show. Or... uh, why doesn't the uh, the village know about the castle? What? Because uh, we never know what happened to mm-hmm. Belle's mother. Then you know what happened to the Beast's parents. We never understood that until we got yeah. this story. And I was just fascinated. I, what I happened looked... to Belle's parents, for that matter? Yeah, yeah. We we Who know thought we would get the plague in a Disney movie. Yeah, and that was incredible. Yeah, and the. Uh, the the added of um, uh, Evermore, which is the song which the Beast sings. Mm-hmm. Now, I wasn't a fan of how the actor who played the Beast performed it, but I loved Josh Groban's version yes. of Evermore, which is oh my gosh, just hits every note, every emotion in that song beyond belief. From what I understand, <clears throat> the live action movie is actually based on the musical mm-hmm. version of, that's of, what, the sto- of, the, of the that they did, the Broadway musical. Yeah, that's what I hear. I've not seen the Broadway musical, Me so either. I cannot uh, attest to that. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah. That's what I've heard. And yeah, it's it's a great film. It's a, it's a great, wonderful film that flushes out a, a classic Cherish Disney movie mm-hmm. and gives it, you know, to use lack of a word, brings it to life. Yes. And now I know there's a lot of people who kind of give it, you know, give us, you know, give it some flack. Uh, Emma Watson isn't a singer, and she does what the best she can, and they do mm-hmm. auto tune her a little bit, a little bit, but it's not as bad as people make it out. Yeah, exactly. They they kind of over exaggerated a little bit. Yeah, so I think that's her top ten. Yes, that is our top ten. Uh, where can they find more from you, Jacob? You can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron, and also you can find me also on Facebook at Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where I try to draw every day, air quotes, try to draw every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like to draw, doodle, sketch, paint. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you'll just find me, you know, it's where I, I want to get better at art. And so this has been a challenge I've done for the last two years and I enjoy it. And so if you like art, you like, you know, just being creative, be like, I would highly encourage you to just log on and, you know, just watch progression of art and see where, see where this journey leads. Okay. That's all I got right now. Okay. So where they can find you, Drew? <laughs> That's what I'm waiting on. <laughs> um, you can find me on Facebook uh, under Drew Dodgen. Uh, you can find uh, also you can also find me on Letterboxd. Uh, look for G George seven five nine. One of these days I'll update it. Uh, and one thing I also want to do if I ever get around to it, I know I keep saying this like every time, and then I never do anything. But uh, I am thinking of getting a DeviantArt account. Or posting some of my stuff on, mm-hmm. so you know y'all can see my work too. Okay. Outside of the one logo y'all see every week when you download the podcast, which is a very good logo, I admit, yes. But um, I do mostly do photography for, in my spare time, and so I and I have been a little lax in doing any photography recently. Haven't. But um, I'm gonna get. Hopefully, this summer I'm gonna get out and do some more. Uh, and I'm going to want a place to post that stuff, so... Gotcha. I'm probably... I say DeviantArt, it might be something else I haven't yeah. decided yet. But, heck, I might just make a Facebook page. Who knows? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you can, that's where you can find me. Uh, you can find us mm-hmm. at, uh, on our, in our Facebook group at the Cellcast. Uh, it is a closed group, so all you have to do is ask to join. We'll make sure you're not a robot mm-hmm. with our special verification methods. And no, that doesn't count uh, clicking a button that says I'm not a robot, because that's already been ma- uh, matched, if you've seen that video. <laughs> uh, you can also email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. Keep in mind, every time we say the cellcast, that is with one L. Uh Communicate with us in any of these locations uh, because we do want to grow our community and have good conversations. Uh, we just this week po- had a lot of good conversations in the Facebook. We did. So uh, we want to keep that going. Yeah. Uh, so join us, please. Yes, please. Uh, in the meantime, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we'll catch you in the next frame. See ya! See ya!